Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? This is Classified. This is Mocha Only. This is Sean Price. Yeah, Ghostface Killer. This is Quake Matthews. What's up, my brother Ali? Fight Diggy, Tribe Called Quest. Eloquent, man. What up, Styles Peter Ghost. This is Ab Soul. This is K.O. And you listening to the Come Up Show, where that feel-good music lives. Hey. This is the show that you come up on, yeah. This is the spot that you come up strong. Hey, welcome to the Come Up Show podcast. My name is Chetto, host and founder of the Come Up Show, and I thank you for joining us for another episode and this week, our special guest hails all the way from Mississauga, Ontario. He goes by the name of KD. And we talked about uh, his Prelude EP, which is his first piece of music out in the past two years, and what that project was about. We started, though, in the foundations and the basics from his childhood and how his love of reading led to spoken word to poetry and then to eventually to writing music and becoming a rapper. And he shared a valuable lesson that he's learned I've also learned this, and you may have learned this as well too, on why paperwork is really important and why you should protect yourself with contracts. And on the day that we recorded this interview was Redaway's birthday, who passed away not too long ago. And Katie shared what Redaway meant to the city of Mississauga and some personal stories he has from his interactions with him. So much more in this podcast and in our interview with Katie. Take it in. Please introduce yourself. I go by the name of KD, BKS representative, straight out of Saga City. Saga City, what up? What's going on? Shout out to my city. Can I ask you about that? Because I am originally from London, Ontario. I just moved to Toronto two years ago. But there's a lot of pride that people have about being from Saga, being from Scarborough, being from certain areas. It's very regional, even though it's Toronto and GTA. Yeah. Why, why, where is, why is that? Where does that come from? Honestly, I'm not even sure. Like, I know back in the day, it was this thing like high school, Saga guys and like Brampton guys, Brampton guys and like Saga guys, Scarborough guys, then like, you know, Toronto guys. So it's just like a thing, like, as we grew up, you always like had pride of like where you're from. Like, I'm from Saga. Girls would be like, where you from, Saga? Girls think Saga niggas are better than Brampton guys. Like, it's always been like a little playful rivalry. Like, it's it's playful, but at the same time, it's serious because you always got to rep where you're from. So everywhere I go, I always tell people, Saga City all day. So it starts like a, with like an elementary high school mentality, whether it be basketball, football, whatever, and then it goes from there? Or Exactly, because sometimes like Campion would play St. Joe's and there'd be a thing like all the Brampton people would come support Campion, all the Saga guys would come support Joe's. So just a thing like as we grew up, it's like, yeah, I'm from Saga, I'm from Brampton, like it is what it is. So you got to represent where you're from. Definitely represent where they're from. But where, where, you know, you're biased, obviously, you're from Saga. But it seems like to me when it comes to a lot of talent coming up from like music to like even uh, basketball or whatever, like Scar- why Scarborough seems like everybody comes out of Scarborough in terms of people who make it out there. I don't even know. Is that right or not? It's right. Yeah. Scarborough does have a lot of guys pop right now. They have the weekend and stuff. But Saga Turn is, we're coming just now. Just let everybody know we're coming right now. Mm-hmm. And you, and you said that like in terms of uh, the music industry used to feel so far away. It was a hopeless dream. And now if you stretch your arms, you can touch it, almost touch it. Did you mean that as a Canadian or I mean as a per- person from Saga or just as a Canadian rapper? I was just talking about, like, as a Canadian rapper in yeah. general. Like, I remember back in the day, like, the biggest rapper from Canada at the time was, like, Cardi. Yeah. 
I'm saying and he was signed to Akon and to me like that was a big deal but it still felt like okay we have Cardi but like who else do we have but now we have like guys like Jazz we have Drake we have Tory so it's just that it's like now the industry is looking at us and you have like even producers coming from out here like Wonder Girl and stuff like that so it seems like everyone has their attention towards us so now I feel like before it like the industry felt like another planet but now it feels like it's just like you just put in the work and you know what I'm saying they'll come to you definitely so let, let's take it back man um what is like the first memory first moment if you can remember of your introduction to our culture of hip hop music was it a music video was it in a park what, what what was it um i used to share a room with my brother so um i used to listen to everything he listened to so i'll never forget the first song i ever memorized was um ain't no fun by snoop dogg doggy style album um and how old are you rapping this i'm like maybe three years old rapping rapping that verse I got and your parents felt no way about this? Oh, no, I got beat from rapping that Nate Dogg verse. Um, I used to rap that all the time, and then from there, like, I was just hooked. Um, whatever my brother listened to, I listened to. So it was, like, a lot of Snoop, a lot of Biggie, um, a lot of Nas, um, a lot of Jay. And, like, as a kid, I just used to soak that up because, as, like, as a kid, I wanted to be like my brother. So I'm like, whatever he's listened to, I want to listen to as well. So that was my first um, introduction to hip-hop as a kid. Yeah, so how how much how much older was your brother and like what what year are you born in? I'm born in 1990. 1990. So your brother is how how many? He's born in 1981, so he's nine years older than me. Okay, damn. So you that's a big bro for sure. Like yeah, kind of yeah. your like second father basically. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's funny. So uh, when did uh, from your memorizing lyrics and when did it get into maybe starting to like dabble, maybe freestyling or writing your own lyrics? When does that happen? Um, I was always into poetry, so I was always writing like poems and stuff like that, short stories. Um, as far as rapping, um, I remember my brother and his friends, they used to like be in the garage and like freestyling and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was always too young, so they never wanted me around unless I was like doing something. So one day my brother's like, why don't you just rap a little verse? And then I just rapped some like little whack little verse. And they thought it was like, oh, like look at this little boy, like he thinks he's sick. And then like that gassed me up. So I remember. Instead of writing poetry, I'm like, let me go start writing some raps now. So then that's how I started getting into writing. How did you get into poetry? Honestly, I'm not even sure. Like, as a kid, I remember my, my mom used to tell me, like, I just used to read, like, read newspapers. I used to read everything. So mm-hmm. I must have just stumbled across something and just opened my mind to poetry, just start writing poems. That's that's funny, reading. Like, it's, it's funny how, you know, when they say... Uh, you know, your favorite lyricist probably read a lot when they grew up as well, too, right? Like, it's pretty important to be a reader, right? It is, it is. You really got to read. So all the kids out there, you better be reading your books, better be paying attention to school for real. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, and who are your, like, maybe your uh, favorite Canadian rap heroes growing up? Like, who did you look up to? Yeah. Um, Jellystone. Jellystone. Um, who else is there? As like as a kid, I didn't really listen to much Canadian hip hop, but I know Shaclair, Jelly Stone, and Cardinal. Those were the guys I really turned to whenever I put on like much music or whatnot. Those yeah. are the guys. What about American or international? American, um, Outkast, Biggie, um, like a lot of underground guys like Royce the Five Nine, Joe Budden, Joel Ortiz, those type of guys. Those were like mm-hmm. when I was coming up. Those who I was listening to a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Definitely. So the Prelude EP is out right now. This is the first thing that you release in over two years. What is it about? The Prelude is just like what it sounds like. It's a Prelude. Like it's just like a snippet of something, because greatness is coming. So like it's just, it's just we just had to put it out there. You know, just a little short appetizer for the people. Just get them excited for. The full length that we're working on, me and my team, we're like in the studio really working on our next stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a little short, little preview, short and sweet, five songs. Let the people enjoy it. You guys can catch it on our SoundCloud. We'll put it in the description. But it, it almost didn't see the light of day. What happened? <laughs> we went through uh, a lot of drama behind the scenes with like some people we were working with. Mm-hmm. Um, so we almost had to scrap the project, but... Thank God that we were able to put it out, and it's been getting a good reception ever since it's been out. So, okay. And you don't have to talk about it specifically, but what did you learn about whatever you went through behind the scenes? Like, what are some valuable lessons that came out of that? It just made me more wiser. It made me um, look for people's intentions because they might not be the same as yours. Um, we had a we we're working with somebody who we thought we were on the same page. But then after we recorded the project, we realized that he had different intentions and he wanted to basically be the project about him. And we just went through like a lot of headache and grief with that. So it just made me more wise and more uh, business-minded in terms of like the business side of the music and stuff. Now, it's not always about just the music. It's about like the other stuff. That's so important and so many artists forget that. And please let's let's kick some knowledge right now. So that's something that uh, you know, as artists, like you know, you're an artist, so your sometimes your weakness can be business things. So if you were had to go through that whole process again, uh, w- what would you do? I'll make sure that my paperwork, 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 contracts, contracts, everything documented, everything that's proof of something because we just went on handshakes and my word or your word is your word and then when it came down to it your word wasn't your word and you want to say something else but how am I supposed to prove that what you're saying now isn't what you said before so paperwork is definitely key contracts protect the relationship exactly because that's the relationship that just went down the drain it was a good working relationship at the time but Mm -hmm. it just went down the drain because of egos and stuff like that so artists, I, I, and I know sometimes people don't want to, they're maybe shy or afraid about talking about business because they think like, uh, that might be their weakness, but you can save yourself a lot of pain, right? For sure, for sure. Uh, in the song Be Free, uh, so one of the first verses is like, it's like my mind shines brighter in the darkness. What do you mean by that? I think every artist knows what I mean by that. It's like a situation, it's like, when you're going through the worst in your life or, like, you're going through situations, that's when, like, you write the greatest music. Like, it just inspires you to, like, dig a little deeper or get inspired even more to, like, create that, like, whatever you're looking for, like, whatever you're searching for. So, like, at the time I was going through, like, a lot of situations, but that's when I found I was, like, writing the best music ever. Like, music was just, like, coming to me. Like, it just was flowing naturally. I didn't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. In, in that song you say uh, thought family therapy was really stupid just cope through music can you, can you tell me about that like um, you always hear that music is therapy I'm just gonna speak for me personally maybe other people might think it's valuable but for me like writing like it's just like a stress reliever like I could just write something and it'll just ease my mind or I don't even have to write I just need to like listen to music and my mind will just be at ease like 
it's just for me music is the best therapy that's what I think in the song you also say in Fight and Balance that you said that uh, you know, uh, God family music those are the things that are your priorities in three areas that keep you balanced so let's talk about three different things those three different things God family music uh, let's start with God how does that how does God keep you balanced um, he keeps me balanced because first of all he gave me the gift to even do what I'm doing so I have to thank him every day um, so I pray every day. I pray that I get wiser and better every day. My interactions with people will be genuine and official every day. And um, God is a big factor in my life. Um, like a lot of people that really don't like talking about God in their music, but I'm a firm believer in God. So I don't have. I don't, I'm not ashamed to say I believe in God or say God or Jesus' name in my rhyme because He's um, He's part of my day every day. So I always talk about God in my music. Mm-hmm. And family. Family is what made me. Um, I've been through ups and downs with my family. Um, they inspire me the most. My biggest inspiration is my mom. Um, so, like, whenever I'm writing or I have, like, writer's block, I'll just, like, think about the struggle, like, how she struggled with me and my siblings. And I can't give up because how could I give up when she didn't give up? Even if it's just with music, like how could I not want to finish this song when she's working like two jobs and whatnot? So my, my family is like my biggest inspiration. That's where I draw my biggest inspiration from. Mm-hmm. For real. And what does your family consist of? You Do you have a son now? Is that, yeah, is that right? I have a son. Yeah, little Xavier. <laughs> how old is he? Um, he's turning 11 months on the 23rd of this wow. month. Yeah. That's crazy. So yeah. how, how has uh, your son changed your life? He made me more, like, just made me want to grind more. Like, so I look at him, and I'm like, I have to get it for this guy. Like, I have to I have to get it. Um, he's my, he's now, he, with my mom, he is my biggest inspiration now. Like, I look at him, and I just know that I want him to have a better life than I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, music. How does that music keep you balanced? Keeps me balanced because it's a part of my life every day. When I wake up, when I go to sleep. I, I'm always involved with music somehow. If I'm not writing, I have music playing in the background. I'm constantly thinking of different concepts, topics. Even if I'm not writing like a whole verse, I might write like a four bars and like dash it somewhere. Like I'm just always, my mind's always on music mode. So music plays a big part of my life every day. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, since you're talking about a little bit about your creative process, what is that like? What's your creative process like? It's weird, man. It's like a lot of people who watch me write, they think I'm like super weird. Um, so like why? So when I'm like writing, I'll have the music playing in the background. Like this is like when I'm at my house. Like if I'm, I'm I have the music playing in the background and I'll have like movies playing on mute. Like out no volume, no nothing, just like the action scenes and then like I'll try and make my own script while writing at the same time. So, like, a lot of the times I'll have, like, Scarface, uh, Menace to Society. I might have some, like, Dragon Ball Z or something like that. Just have, like, different things, just, like, just playing. And it just, for some reason, it makes my mind a little more sharper because it's, like, if you don't know what they're saying, what would what would you make them say? What would your script be? So it just makes me a little more sharper with my writing. So a lot of my friends, they think I'm a weirdo with that, but I think it's done me pretty well so far. That's amazing. So I want to know a little bit. So it's the, the and Mac Miller's made him uh, made an album called exactly. Watching Watch Movies with the Sound Off, off. Um, and uh, yeah. So 
the whatever you, uh, is on TV is muted. It's playing in the background, and you are listening to a beat, and you're trying to write as well too. But then when you look at the screen, it's giving you inspiration. Yeah. Is that true? Or? Yeah, it's giving me inspiration. Like just different scenes, different scenes. It's like I make my own script of what's going on, and like it just makes my mind a little more sharper because makes me think a little bit more. Like. You don't have the volume, so what are they saying? You can't really read their lips, so like, what are they saying? What would you make them say if you were the writer of this movie? So mm-hmm. that's what I do when I write. That's amazing. Um, let's keep uh, talking about uh, the EP, the Prelude. It's out right now, and there's you know a few tracks, five tracks, and uh, uh, there's a track called "There's a War on Us." What is that? What is that song about? It's just about what's going on in the world, about all these like black kids. Dying, just getting killed. Not even if it's not by the police. Just like we're killing ourselves, you know. Like black on black crime. Like people want to say Black Lives Matter, but we're killing ourselves as well, you know. So it's just talking about different issues within the black culture, like regarding like death and just everything that goes along with being black. And uh, that is true. We are killing ourselves, mm-hmm. um, and you know. Right-wing media would probably try to bring more attention to that than what's happening. But would you say that we are killing ourselves because of the system, the way we were raised in that system, with the way black people, especially in, in the United States, it's kind of a little bit of maybe worse. Uh, they're killing. We're killing each other because where we're living and how the system has treated us. Does that play a part in it? You think, or is it just we should f- accept full responsibility for it as black people? plays a big part um like a kid like is born in the hood he grows up he sees that there's like no opportunities there's like no recreation centers like everything that like a kid's supposed to do like the playground the drug dealers are there people are shooting all your friends are in gangs it's like how can you concentrate in school when you're like worried about eating you have no food at home or you're, you're about to get evicted or your brother or your dad's in jail. I'm saying all your friends are selling drugs, making money, and you're broke. So it's like, why won't I go over there with my friends and make money as well? And it's just like there's so many lack of opportunities in these places. Like these kids have nothing to do and they have nowhere to turn. So that's what happens when you get stuck in a place like that. There is no options. No options. So you talk about Black Lives Matter. Like, what do you think about now that we have a Black Lives Matter in Toronto? Like, have you been paying attention to it? Like, the movement that's happening here? Or what do you think about it? I have. And I think it. I think it's really dope because when people think Black Lives Matter, they think just America. But stuff like that happens down here. Like, I grew up getting harassed by the police as well. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of my friends grew up getting harassed by the police. So to see a movement out that spread to Canada and spread like around the world I think it's amazing because it's not just what's happening in America it's just it's happening to black kids everywhere Russia every, like anywhere there's black people you're always going to face some type of discrimination mm-hmm. and I know this question may be a little bit too deep well, why do you think that we as black people face this type of discrimination like what, what, what comes to your head when you think of that like I don't know I want to say like I just want to say they fear us in a way because back in the day we used to be kings and queens and stuff like that. They don't want us to get back to being royalty, so they want to just oppress us and keep us down and stuff like that. And, like, when you're down for so long, it's like if somebody keeps telling you you're shit 
for a long time, you're gonna start believing that you actually are shit. You know what I'm saying so. It's just like a thing for black people. Like they told us we're nothing for so long that a lot of us have started to believe that shit. Maybe we are nothing. Maybe. Maybe I am supposed to be here. Maybe they are supposed to be there. So it's just a, like it's a mentality. It's like one day if we just wake up and just remember who we really are, then a lot of things will change. But it just starts within. It just starts with your mental mind state first. Mm-hmm. And then you have a song called La 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 La. What's that about? That's a crazy story. Um, but the real issue like ties with like suicide and like substance abuse and stuff like that. So um, it's a story about a guy um, who found out a a girl that he's been raising is not his and he wants to kill the mom he wants to kill himself but before he does that he's like you know what let me just smoke some weed let me just chill out let me just analyze the situation before I do anything too crazy so that's what it's about wow people can miss miss that message a little bit if they just focus on the chorus of that song you just think it's a weed smoking song exactly um what did uh, Redway mean to Saga, man? Redway was Saga. Actually, it's his birthday today, so I want to say, oh, yeah, it's his birthday today. So happy birthday to the god Shane Redway, R.I.P. But um, he was Saga, and like everything that is Toronto, just like the swag and everything, that was Redway. Like, and it's crazy because me and him used to live so close to each other. Like he lived like across the street from me, so I used to see him all the time. And then even after he passed. Um, I know people in this complex, and they used to tell me, like, stories, like, yeah, I remember, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, I'd come outside, and I'd see Redway in his car smoking a joint, writing a song, or I'd see him, like, always writing, or something regarding music, like, they'd always see him at, like, all odd hours at the night doing something with music, and, like, it's just sad, like, the way everything happened, but there's a lot of, like, up-and-coming artists in Saga who are definitely going to keep his name alive, and we're never going to let nobody forget the name Shane Redway. Is there a story that you can remember that in exchange maybe you had a red a redway um, that you could share with us? I remember. Okay, so there's actually two stories. So I remember um, for the longest time, like I didn't even really like his music for the longest time. Oh, okay. I'm gonna be real. One hundred. One hundred. I didn't like his music for a long time, and then, um, but I had a friend who always kept telling me. Redway's the illest. Redway's the illest. I'm like, you know what? Let me give this guy like a real, real, real chance. And then I listened to uh, Live Free, that whole mixtape. And I'm like, damn, this guy's actually sick. And then like some time passed and then he dropped um, On Fire. And then that's when I was like, oh, okay, this guy's onto something. And then like the whole rollout with Years Ahead. And I actually went to the listening party with like me and like a couple homies and once I heard years ahead, I'm like, this guy, like, he found his groove. Like, he's he's hitting his stride. So I made sure I found him that day. And I'm like, listen, I'm not going to lie. I didn't like your music, but you turned me into a believer. And he's like, yo, much love. That's what I always want to do, turn haters into lovers. And then um, some time had passed, and then I started rapping now. And then um, me and my partner, we started this music showcase called Northside Behavior, it was doing well for a bit. Uh, Canadian Music Week reached out to us, and uh, we collaborated on the show. So the show had me, Redway, and Trey Mission, yeah. and some other guys. And then, um, so we were backstage, and then like Redway and the whole Boulevard team, they came through. After he's like, man, I heard a lot of good things about you. Can't wait for you to kill it tonight. And we talked like briefly, 
And then um, I saw him like a couple weeks after that. And then that's when like a couple weeks after I heard he passed away and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I'm saying rest in peace to him, man. R.I.P. Right away. Um, I want to talk about some, uh, some a little bit of some virtues right now, like uh, patience. What does patience mean to you, man? And how are you dealing with patience? Do you have moments sometimes where you're like, why am I not on? Why do more people not know about me? How do you deal with being patient? I think about that all the time, actually. <laughs> I think about that all the time. Um, there's just like, especially as an artist being in, like, being in Toronto, you have moments where you're like, why aren't I here? Like, why aren't I at the next level? Like, is it even worth it spending all this time, all this money? Like, what am I doing? But my... Exactly. That's what you have, like, a lot of what am I doing moments. Like, I've had a lot of what am I doing moments. But, like I said, I'm a, I'm a strong believer in God. So I know that my talent is not going to go to wasted. It may take a little longer. It may happen soon. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. So I just got to keep pushing. I got to keep working. And I got to keep fresh. Because when the opportunity comes, I have to be ready because if the opportunity comes and I'm not ready, I can't blame nobody but myself. So patience is everything. I, I And I tell that to a lot of my homies because a lot of my homies are like, man, you should have been on. You should have. How is this person doing this? And you're not doing that. And I'm like, listen, man, don't worry. Patience, patience. Because when timing is everything as well, when my, when our time comes, it will really come. So we just got to really be patient. That's really important. And by the way, you're not alone in the what am I doing moment. Everybody has that, and especially the past three guests that I interviewed. And uh, one guy, Cavalli, he said patience is a talent. He realized that patience is a talent. You develop it. Uh, Courage. What does courage mean to you, man? And where, you know, what's your relationship with courage like? Courage. That's a big one. Um, Well, courage is... Courage, I started rapping. You have to have courage to do something like this. You can't just not have courage and want to release music. Because there's a lot of haters out there. So you might release something. People are like, oh, yeah, that's whack. You're shit. But especially like in Toronto, the Screwface Capital, there's not a lot of people who will show you love in the beginning. So you have to have courage in the beginning. So to me, I'm just courageous in like the steps I take. Like I'm not afraid to be held back by any musical boundaries. Like I might do a song that... My homies and everyone thinks it's whack, but I'm like, I don't care what you say. I think it's nice. Like, or I might just really step out of my realm and like do something different. But like, I had the courage to do that. Or I might say something like, "Oh, I'm the, I'm the best rapper in Saga. Or I'm the best this." And I'm saying you need courage to say something like that. You also need to back it up. But just to even say those words, you need courage to say it. So you have to have courage to do those type of things. And it can be a self fulfilling prophecy as well too, if you yeah. keep saying that. Uh, what about love, man? What does love mean to you, man? And how is it alive in your life? Love is everything. Um, a lot of my music is inspired by love, whether it's like good love or bad love. Bad love is always a good thing because it always inspires like the best music. So shout out to all my exes that shitted on me. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's so funny. I interviewed Shaq is Dope and uh, the song he has called Open and like it came from a girl that like you know, she was the one, but he treated her wrong, mm-hmm. and she wouldn't accept him back. And he's like, "Yo, shout out to that girl because she gave me a great song." Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> I have like a lot of like verses or like phrases or just bars 
yeah. like revolved around like love or like stuff I did to an ex or an ex did to me or like I heard that happened to one of my homies or my homegirls that happened to them and I'm like damn like that really happened to you so love is a powerful thing man it's a really powerful thing and if you have it you gotta hold it cause not everybody finds love people go their whole life looking for love and so if you have something that is love you gotta hold it there and tight I tell that to all my mm. homies like I know, like, we're all young. We all want to, like, have fun and with, like, different women sometimes. You don't want to be as loyal as you, you need to be. But if you have a woman that loves you at home, there's none better than that. There's nothing better than and that. And how old are you? I'm 25. And you're realizing that. So, like, how difficult is that nowadays to, like, first of all, you find the one. That's hard. But to keep the one with, like, all these apps and social media and, like, you know, how do you how do you like stay committed? Like I said, balance, man. <laughs> balance. Um, I just honestly like I just know like you gotta know what you have at home. You gotta know that like, yeah, this girl might look good or feel good for the moment, but like who you really hurting? You're hurting the one that loves you, that when you're really down, she's gonna hold you down. Like, yeah, you might have a girl, she might be sexy, but if you're down and she really gonna be there for you, she gonna have your back. Is she going to be a shoulder to cry on? So you just got to, like, put those things into perspective, like, when you're thinking about doing, like, foolish things like that. Uh, for the people who are listening right now, they may be KD fans. They may not, you know, be familiar with you. Like, what would what's one thing that you want to leave them with? That I'm going to be the best. I'm going to work my best to be the best. And if you don't, if you think you're the best, I'm coming for your spot. Straight up, there's no slacking, there's no lacking. I'm working as hard as I can, so you better be on your P's and Q's because me and my team were coming for anybody who thinks they're better than us. And that's straight up. Straight up. <laughs> straight up. Thank you very much, Katie. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with the homie Katie. Let me know on a SoundCloud comments or on Twitter at the Come Up Show. And like I promised y'all next uh, last week on Wednesday, April twentieth, the Come Up Show is celebrating its ninth year anniversary. We're throwing a concert in London, Ontario, and we're also throwing another concert for our Toronto fam, the Toronto fans, on April twenty eighth, Thursday, April twenty eighth, at the Drake Under ground i would love to have y'all come there if you're a fan of the come up show you appreciate what we do this is about not only celebrating the come up show's ninth year anniversary but it's celebrating music this is why we do what we do this is why you listen we all love music so i would love to have your support and come celebrate with us there'll be some ice cream cake and so much more it's going to be great vibes april 20th in london april 28th in toronto full description will be on the comeupshow.com and in the show description of this podcast. See y'all there. Peace.